We really are glad that you're here. You know, our vision as a church is to reach people and build lives. And a big piece of that is what happens here on a Sunday morning. We love to reach people with the hope of Jesus and the peace that we know comes from following him. But we also hope that through the service, whether that's in worship or prayer or through the ministry of uh, the message portion, that your life would be built up. And uh, we're in a series right now called Relationship Status. We're taking the month of August and looking at some significant relationships in our lives. And so the first um, season, I should say, of life and relationship life, we looked at last week, and I talked about being strategically single. Well, today, you're in the right place, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about the season of marriage. All right. We're going to highlight some what I call marriage helps. I hope to encourage you and equip you through God's word, of course, but also maybe through some thoughts and some questions really to help strengthen, secure your marriage. But not only that, listen, every message, I will say this, every message throughout the month, there's going to be something for you. So if you're not in the season of marriage right now, um, there's going to be something from you that you can apply, that you can use for your life. And so I'm, I'm excited today um, to, to dive in to that. And uh, today's message is entitled, The Best of Me. We talk about marriage. I'm going to talk about the best of me. So a little, little backstory to our story, I should say. From my perspective, some, some key truths and realities I had to learn early years of marriage. And it kind of orbits around this phrase, the best of me. So my schedule, I'm going to throw this out there, my schedule year one and a half of marriage looked like this. I was early in ministry. I was hired initially as a young adult pastor. Kelly and I were married November 18th, 2006. And I had been in my position for about a year and um, was loving it, was thriving, was growing. Kelly alongside me, loving it, thriving and growing. But see if you can identify a potential problem as I share my schedule. Just the evenings is what I'll share with you. And you can understand I was working through the day. So Sunday evening, middle school youth. All right, so far, good start to the week. Monday, off. Tuesday, worship practice. Believe it or not, played a little worship, okay? Wednesday, high school youth. Thursday, young adults. Friday, off. Saturday, Saturday night service. I don't know if you can recognize, but during our first year and a half of marriage, five nights out a week is not necessarily the healthiest thing in the world. And I recognized early on through some loving and kind, compassionate conversations with my wife, it simply wasn't sustainable. It simply wasn't going to make the distance of where we were and we were able to future cast where we wanted to be. We always envisioned a thriving, a full, and abundant, joyful marriage. 
That was part of the picture we knew we wanted to cultivate in our life and we wanted to pray towards. But there's two things that are vitally important. You've got to partner your responsibility with your prayer life. It's not simply about a wish and a prayer. It's about actually the day-to-day partnering of that. And so I would begin to make some cuts in my schedule. I would begin to lean in. And here's the question I began to ask myself. I can't tell you how it came to my mind. But here's the question. Who is going to be receiving the best of me? Again, that's pretty profound. I'm amazed that that thought came across my life at 26 years old. Because at 26 years old, you don't know a whole lot. But I'm amazed that came across my mind and got lodged in my heart. Because I began to process this week, this week, who is going to be receiving the best of me? A question like that has implications for one's schedule. And I began to dialogue internally a little bit, dialogue with the Lord, also dialogue with my wife, because there was a connection piece where we were, where we wanted to be. It's important to be responsible and intentional and not just live by wishing a prayer, but to understand that there is something to reaping and harvest. There's something to sowing, excuse me, and harvest. Sowing seed and reaping a harvest. And I recognized that some things in my life needed to change because why I would tell you out the gate, my wife, Kelly, was number one. My schedule was beginning to not reveal that. And there are seasons where life is busy. There are seasons where life is full. Listen, I'm all about your career, but not at the cost of your marriage. I'm all about your family and your kids being amazing, but not at the cost of your marriage. I'm all about the hobby, whether that's the golf course or Premier League soccer that kicked off this past Friday. My favorite team playing in two hours. Whatever your hobby might be, whatever that is, I'm all about it. Enjoy life. Like I'm a big, have fun, enjoy life, but not at the cost of one's marriage. And again, I don't know other than to say it was in some cases the strategic hand of God that would wake me up to some things I needed to be woken up to. And I frame it in this question, who is going to be receiving the best of me? Now, before you ask and have this thought, 2020 showed us, I'm not talking about quantity of time. Like, we all need some alone time, okay? You remember being with your family nonstop in a house? You couldn't go nowhere? Anybody remember 2020? Yeah, come on. We're all hiding it, but you know you took personal time for granted, somebody. I don't care who you are. You needed some me time. Maybe you made a Meyer run like me for 90, 90 minutes, Paul, for coffee? Yeah, I just wanted to visit all of Meyer with my mask on. <laughs> I wasn't alone. Kelly would make her trips here, right? We needed. So before you think I'm talking about quantity of time, don't miss it. I'm talking about quality of time. Who's going to be receiving the best of me this week? Who's getting the best of you? Schedules have a way of filling up, everybody. 
So for me, I'm glad I began to learn this lesson early on. Early on. Began to recognize that there was an ADD problem in the house. There was. Attention deficit disorder. It leads to affection deficit disorder. Where my attention goes, my affection follows. And for some people, there's an ADD problem in your house. That your attention is not where it needs to be. And your affection is following. And I had to recognize in my life. And here's, here's the verse. Here's the kicker. Here is the central verse to this message. Psalm 90 verse 12. A prayer. A prayer. A simple portable, you can write it down, prayer. Those of you note takers. Psalm 90 verse 12. And here's an all play. This will help everybody. Everybody is going to help you. Here's the prayer. It's not by David who wrote the majority of the Psalms. This one's by Moses. And here's what he said. Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us. Well, that right there requires humility. Teach us like, oh my gosh, I had great parents, grandparents. My wife had great parents, grandparents. I thought I knew all there was to know about marriage and about parenting until I got married and had kids. You get humble real quick. You either get humble or you get stupid. And I've been both. I'd rather stay humble. Teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us. What is that proposed? That proposed? I don't have it down. Like, I, I don't know it in my own strength. I don't understand everything. I need the Spirit to lead me into all truth, as it says in the Gospel of John. And Moses, this prayer, this little pop-out prayer in Psalm 90, teach us to what? Number our days. In case you didn't know it, I mean, man, you're going to be excited with this next piece. Your days are numbered. I'm so glad I came to church. My day, my day. This is great. Your books of wisdom, what are they getting across? Your days are numbered. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Can I tell you, when you live like your days are numbered, you stop taking things for granted. And the number one relationship that is taken for granted is your marriage. It was mine. It was mine. I didn't even think about it until... I had to think about it. I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. Marriage is great. Life is great. Until Kelly courageously, bravely, lovingly came across and said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you more engaged in conversation. You know, quality of time. Just because we're watching a movie together, you know, we're not really talking it out. We need some face-to-face -face talk time. And that was an important piece for me. Because I was like, what do you mean? Like, we just, we just watched the movie. That's, that's great. And then I learned, oh, you don't want to talk during the movie. Oh, that was a learning curve too, right? I thought, I thought that was an invitation now to give a play-by-play -play and practice my sense of humor through the movie. I learned, I learned well, that wasn't right. Oh, that was, oh, talk, talk. And, I, and, I, and I, I had no idea, like, like, like some of you men will get this, you have no idea 
I, I certainly knew I talked a lot and talked about a lot of things. And I didn't know what to do with this question. How was your day? You ever had that question? How was your day? Great. Awesome. Well, what happened? Yeah, I went to work. It was good. So good. I had to learn. I had attention deficit disorder. I came home. I came home ready for dinner. Not ready for conversation. I had to learn. I had to learn these pieces. It sounds simple. may sound a little simplistic, but can I just be candid? It was real. And this, this verse came across my path, and it began to shift my perspective. Began to shift my perspective, and it leaned into it in prayer and through prayer. And I can attest to this fact, not perfect, but a lot healthier than I was. And I want to say that when we pray, God answers. And some prayers are progressive in the way that they strengthen and equip you. Because again, my model was amazing. My father-in-law and my father, my mother-in-law and my mother are incredible examples. And we learned a lot. We had um, our, 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 our future going for us from our family of origin. But I had to realize, man, I, I needed to be taught by the Lord. Because here's, here's what I've realized. Not every marriage is the same. Not every person is the same. And so often, I would find myself wanting, I assumed Kelly received love how I communicated love. And so a big piece to my puzzle was the five love languages. Man, it changed the game for me to be like, oh, you like quality time. Well, and then I'd read, how, how does one communicate quality time? Don't talk through the movie. <laughs> Vacuuming the house, doing the dishes is not quality time. Oh. I mean, Dr. Gary Chapman lays it out for you. Incredible, incredible. It just began to help re rewire some things in me that I just assumed. Because again, without humbling oneself and saying, teach us, teach us, teach us to number our days, we're assuming some things. Marriages require tremendous amounts of intentionality. Remarkable amounts of intentionality also a good sense of humor but incredible amounts of intentionality we can't take things for granted we can't assume everybody's on the same page we have to learn to communicate we have to learn to discover and learn and grow and here's the 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 biggest kicker what was very helpful for me again was that question at the beginning it's so simple but it's so revealing Who's going to be receiving the best of me? Like, how do I show up in marriage? Um, another thing that was coming across, not only this verse and this question, another thing that was coming across uh, my path, there was an older mentor, um, coach in the faith, and, and he, I'm sitting there, you know, of course, you know, when you're 20, uh, you know how to blame everybody else. It's never your fault. You just blame everybody else. Maybe that was just me. Um, and so I'd sit there, and I was just like reeling off, like, yeah, it's, it's this and this and this and this, and man, I just can't. And he looked at me, and he said, whoa, that's fine. Perspective change. What if when you left work, you were returning, and that 
This is what I needed. Don't receive this the wrong way. But he told me, he said, that is actually your full-time career. What if, what, if, what if competitively trying to be the best? What if competitively trying to make a name for yourself or get seen or get known and boost forward your career? I love all that. agree with all that. Again, not at the cost of your marriage. He said, hey, what if you see yourself leaving and going to your full-time life? I thought, well, I hadn't thought about that. And I don't like it because I got nobody to blame but me. And blaming is far superior to personal responsibility, okay? I'm just being transparent. Is it not? Come on. And so I realized, oh, some things had to change. Some things had to change in my life. And, and, it, and it began, again, it's a journey like I had to humble myself. Teach us, teach us, teach us. Moses, it is written, was the most humble man who ever lived. I propose that this verse was probably in the mix as a description to his life because he didn't have all the answers. If you know Moses' story, though great miracles were taking place, his father-in-law stepped in, Jethro, (laughs) and told him, Moses, you're exhausting yourself. This is crazy. You're not going to be able to sustain your life. Not to mention, I'm your father-in-law. My daughter ain't happy, man. Get your schedule together. And so from that point, Moses appointed elders for Israel to judicate, to judge, to help lead in smaller conglomerates, the whole people. Because why? Because Moses was busy seeing all of them every day. Humbled himself. Teach us. Teach us. I wonder, I'm just saying, I wonder, not what advice I can give you, but I wonder what the Holy Spirit wants to teach you this week. By this prayer, teach me, Lord, show me how to number my days. And then also, this thought, who's going to be receiving the best of me? Again, not quantity of time, not quantity of time, but quality of time. You think about all your relationships, it can begin to shift some things. It can begin to pivot on things. I've heard one pastor describe it this way. I heard uh, Andy Stanley, a pastor in Atlanta, I heard him describe it this way. Choose to cheat. I'm asking all the couples in the room, choose to cheat. Go ahead, choose to cheat. Cheat your job for your family. Cheat your career for your spouse. Who's going to be receiving the best of me? Because I realized, here's what I realized. Man, I've only got two unique roles. Like, there are literally only two unique roles I have in this life. Kelly's first husband and my daughter's father. It's only two unique roles. Like, somebody else can do this. You're like, yes, they can. Somebody else can do this, okay? Somebody else can preach. Somebody else can lead. Somebody can lead small groups. Somebody else can save this whole region. Glory be to God. Somebody can do all sorts of spiritual things in your career. I hate to say this. this. Listen, I mean this as lovingly, compassionately, and kindly as possible. Somebody else can do what you do. I'm not saying they can do it as good as you can, but you're going to be replaced. Again, aren't you glad you came to church today? 
man, my pastor said I'm going to be replaced. You know, wow, this is, I feel so good. Yeah, welcome to Happy Monday Mornings. No, but what I mean is, listen, have you seen this? Have you noticed this? Was this your family's story? A parent who gave everything to career. Everything to career. And then at home. Yeah, they were there, but so was your refrigerator. Yeah, they were there, but so was the living room table. Have you seen this? Have you seen this in other people's lives? Longing, affection, giving of their career, and they got an ADD problem because they're giving attention and they don't realize it, but affection is following. Your creativity, your passion, your zeal. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, hey, just slack, get lazy, quit, forget about having a purpose and a plan and a crit. No, I'm saying live in the tension but learn to honor God, honoring your God, not at the, not at the sake. I grew up, I, I saw, now I'm not in my own family, but I saw other pastors. I saw other evangelists and they would pray what I think is a ridiculous prayer, but they would pray it. And I knew early on, man, something's off in that. God, as we build this house, thank you for building my house at home. And I was like, he don't do that. He don't do that. I mean, he'll do that. For a season. But come on, man, for a decade? You're gonna be out on the road and and somebody somebody else gonna parent your kids, man. Man, I agree with praying in those seasons of sacrifice, absolutely. But man, we don't get to waste our days. No, we have to engage and be intentional and be responsible. That's part of your maturity in Christ. It's like, oh man. I'm just going to know a bunch of the word. No, know the word, capital W, Jesus, who says in John, now that I've got my preaching voice on, who says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you. Here it is. going to blow your mind. Three words, love one another. Like I take Jesus' words wildly seriously. Like he is ultimate. When it comes to the Bible, even more than Moses, y'all, I take Jesus seriously. When he says love one another, yeah, there are seasons it is easier (laughs) than others. But Jesus says love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I've loved you, Paul, you must love one another. And then in Ephesians, I I just read Ephesians this morning over some coffee. And Paul's writing all about our life in Christ, our life in Christ, our life in Christ. But then he's like, you know what? I'm going to hit on some marriage points as he's writing to his church in Ephesus. (laughs) My two favorite New Testament writers, both single, somebody. Come on, what do they know? But nonetheless, Jesus' words... Jesus knew, and, and so did Paul. But nonetheless, Paul, Paul's writing on, on, on the marriage relationship, and he talks about mutual submission. Mutual submission. Out of love for one another, sub, submit to one another. And you know the men's favorite Bible verse, especially when they go into a counseling session with a pastor, is, hey, yeah, I just, she just needs to submit. I mean, it's right here in Ephesians. Submit to the husband. Yeah, 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 but what about before that? Oh, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we get that at the top. Then sure, there's a little bit. But here's why that happens is it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ 
loves the church. Like, that's crazy. And it's possible. But it requires us taking intentionality. It requires us attention and affection going in the same direction. And it took, listen, it took years and it takes time and I still make some mistakes. And, but here's the deal. We forgive and we move forward and we get back up, right? There's a learning curve to life. But marriage has been called to be a witness, to be a testament to the world around us. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Happy couples know. You do have to ask from time to time, who's going to be receiving the best of me? Who's going to be receiving the best of me? And you begin to prioritize. You begin to schedule in such a way. So for me, very simply, I mean, this is, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I'm so grateful for a pastor, still my pastor today, and his wife, the example they set with a weekly date night, somebody. Sounds simple. It's like a weekly date night. But the fuller life gets, the more important you realize the foundational pieces are. I've told Kelly when we, um, one, one budget item I rarely ever argue over is our dates. Because they mean more than any amount in the future. That investment is priceless. That investment's priceless. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Teach us, show us the way. Help us, help us, equip us. And I'm so grateful for my pastor. Now, he'd take advantage. I was the youth pastor. He'd take some advantage of youth nights. They'd drop their teens off, beeline for P.F. Chang, somebody, and enjoy a nice day. However you find it, find it. When we were first, when we were early in our marriage, me and Kelly and I would share a fancy drink of coffee, which is fun, because if you ever drink too much of your wife's coffee, that creates, you know, you get to work through the reconciliation of that portion of your, you know. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 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 you think it may be minor, it becomes major. Because I, I, I recognize it's just these small pockets of time but they were so important because it gave a chance for me to hear her, to listen to her needs, her wants. Gave us some time to dream. Now, I had to practice that too. Kelly's very futuristic, and it's just so amazing how the Lord works because I'm not. And maybe I didn't appreciate it at first, but I sure appreciate it now. But it gave me a chance, just, yeah, this, this, this dream. In fact, I, I, I tease, her favorite question was, Paul, where do you see us in five years? And it's so funny, when we were first married, she would always ask me, and I'm telling you, I'm in the twilight zone, like I was about out, asleep. She, she whispered, Paul, where do you see us in five years? And I was like, asleep? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, hold on, now, 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 Paul, you don't know this, Paul's got to take five minutes just to wake up. I'm just going to be conscious again. But I appreciated that, and, and slowing down and having coffee. Slowing down now and having a lunch together gives us time just to hear. Because if, I, if I'm not hearing, I'm going to automatically project my dreams, my vision, my, my, my. And it's become very self-centered and self-focused. But these moments, these little, little moments together. So I set my marriage up for success. I have it here. Uh, let me follow my notes. 
for success. I, I, I feel like I set my marriage up for success by loving as well as I could. I can't express how sincerely the words of Jesus helped me. Like I didn't, I didn't want to superficially hear the words of Jesus and let them in one ear and apply them where I liked. But almost always I apply them first to my marriage. And almost always I take them as a mirror for myself. Because I realized I had this tension on the inside. Have you ever found this? I found it easier to forgive people I barely knew than to forgive the people I was closest to. You ever found that about bitterness? Like somebody messed with you over there, it's like, yeah, no big deal. Your spouse does it? Good Lord, what were you thinking? I don't know, you know. Thank God for salvation, amen? You can see it. That's just a taste. <laughs> no. but, I, but I began to realize, man, I, I, I had to take the words of Jesus seriously and the practical helps. I learned how to communicate love. Like, I love you, I thought was great. I didn't know you really needed to know details about my day. But it was important for me to hear you wanted to hear about my day. That's great. And sometimes you just make stuff up, you know, to fill the book. No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Never did that. But I learned how to communicate love. Five love languages is a tremendous resource. I learned how to schedule marriage as a priority. Weekly date, some coffees. And then I learned that marriage was like a garden. I know this may seem a little obscure. But gardens don't grow by themselves. They need water, food, sunlight to grow. Constant intention and intentionality. And I recognize nobody could pour into our marriage but me. And of course Kelly, but I'm not responsible for Kelly. Like, I'm not responsible like, hey, you know, you really need up your game of pouring into this thing. Like, no, 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 no. She, she was doing that. I had to learn and discover, man, I gotta, I gotta wake up and be more intentional. And it started with, again, that question. Who, who, who is going to be receiving the best of me? Because there's Galatians 6, 7, and 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A marriage reaps what it sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, themselves, from that selfishness will reap destruction. But a marriage that sows to please the Spirit and walks with the Savior, that on the greatest moment in his story, when all power and authority was given unto him and he became aware of that, when he reached for that towel, not a title, and washed his disciples' feet following the Holy Spirit, from that space reaped eternal life, a vision of a marriage, alive and abundant, a place where heaven and earth me. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest. How about this? If we do not give up. 
absolutely you can apply. You reap what you sow to your marriage. Absolutely. That is hermeneutically, exegetically, theologically, 150% correct. Because it can be easy to become all about oneself. But the greatest Savior, our Savior, King Jesus, what He has called for us to do is to lay down our lives for one another. Absolutely that applies for our marriages. Zero in this week, ask yourself. And you don't have to. If you, it gets dangerous. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Feel free to ask somebody in your life, hey, look at my week. See how my flow is. It's a brave thing to do with your spouse. More power to you if you can. But ask them maybe, hey, who's, who's going to be receiving the best of me? How cherished? How valued? How encouraged are you by the layout of this week's schedule? And allow them to respond. Maybe you'll learn a thing or two. Maybe I'll learn a thing or two. But can I tell you, it'll strengthen our foundation as we lean in and lock in Christ. Amen? We're going to pray. We're done. Lord, thank you for your word that is living and active. Thank you, Lord, that for all of us, we can pray. Teach us to number our days. We've been running, God, at 110 miles per hour, flying through the red lights, rolling through them stop streets, schedules blowing up out of the water, God. They're so full. We need some help. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart and a life of wisdom. And Father, not for our sake, but the sake of the loved ones around us. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom from heaven in this season that we can be a light and a witness. Lord, a signpost of what it can look like for a life surrendered to God, not in our own strength or in our own abilities, but a life yielded to the grace and the mercy and the peace of God. Thank you for your great love and that your mercy is never ending. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us all of our sins and making us new by the blood of Jesus. Come on, just right now, if you need to return to the Lord, if you need to just come back to Him right where you are, say, God, I'm coming home. God, I'm coming back. I want what you have for me. I want all that you have for me. I've been working things in my own strength. I call upon you to save me, to forgive me, to heal me, to lead me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.